0: Hey, everyone, it's Marvin. Um, Before we get started, wanted to make a quick announcement. Um, As you may know, over this weekend, um, Hurricane Harvey made landfall in the Houston area and created a lot of damage, probably the worst storm in the last 500 years. Um, So we wanted to make a quick announcement in case you were in the area and want to know how you can help. Our Collaboration Houston team is putting together a Google Doc to coordinate and pull resources uh, for those of you who can either provide um, resources like boats and equipment or can physically go and help provide relief to the people of Houston. You can find the Google Doc on their Twitter profile at Collab Houston or their Facebook page. um, Just search Collaboration Houston. Every little bit helps. And for those of you not in the Houston area, um, please consider donating to one of the many organizations providing relief to the people of Houston who have been affected by um, the hurricane. Thanks for your time, and um, let's get this show started.
1: You're listening to Whoa. Whoa. Hot luck. Hot luck.
0: and you're listening to the Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian American perspective. Yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, uh, soybeans and radish, 20 plates, so lavish, got pickled vegetables of every kind, we're looking so outlandish. And hey everyone, welcome that to episode 135 of the it podcast of the it is <laughs> Monday, August the 28th, 2017, I'm Marvin Yeh,
2: I'm Minji Chang,
0: and we are your hosts for this weekly look at pop culture in Asian America, and... From an Asian Australian perspective, this week too, um, we have two very very special guests um, from the land of... Oh, that was my phone again.
1: Oh. oh, that's a case of beer. Do we do that here? That's a beer. <laughs> oh, really? That's a beer? <laughs> that's a beer. Oh, okay. Land down under. <laughs> that's who, land who down do under. I owe? Rules? We're learning. Who do I owe a beer! Are All internet- of us. This is my problem with Skype.
0: Through my phone is... I forget to turn my notifications yeah, yeah, off. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We all got excuses, bro.
0: Someone just went on live. Yeah, Marv. Someone just went up live on Periscope. That's all. Um, <laughs> that, was, that was what that was. Well, we have
2: only done 135 you episodes. You know, whatever.
0: <laughs> Our first guest is Chris Pang, the Asian-Australian. Is it Australian-Asian? aussie How do you guys say it? Apartment. You know, what we got ABC as well. ADC. It's Australian-born Chinese. That's true. Share the A. ABC actor Chris Pang, you may have seen him on Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon The Sword of Destiny as the dude with the sword. <laughs> I watched it in Chinese in Mandarin, so I He's don't actually know your
1: your uh the Oh you watched it in Chinese? Chinese? Yeah. Hey guys. Um, but be yeah, wow, okay. Uh it, it seems so much more authentic in Chinese. Mm. It was so dubbed, but it seems really? so like yeah, we had an atmosphere. <laughs> But I the, love my the Chinese sweet, voice. Like, he had a sweet like, Asian wushu beard. No, I like sounded so epic in Chinese. I loved it <laughs> way better than my real voice. You may have seen him on the
0: epic Netflix series Marco Polo. And you're going to see him coming up in 2018 in the live action adaptation of Crazy Rich Asians where he plays... The guy getting married. I haven't read the book. Sorry, <laughs> Colin. Colin Coon. Coon. <laughs> yeah, boy. Yep. Colin
2: Coons. Yeah, I know. How are you
0: guys? How's it going? Welcome yeah. cool. from the pod. He actually wrote in after um, we interviewed his co, co- guest co
1: co. Cast. Yeah, you guys. You guys had Marvin's uh,
2: having trouble with words today, but we're gonna
1: skip my coffee this morning. I'm very sorry. <laughs> Do you want some of this? I don't drink coffee, so oh yeah, yes, yeah. Please, oh, please. Actually, I'm sick. You can Oh no. Oh. Yeah, full disclosure, I'm really sick. My brain's probably (laughs) operating about 10%. It's all right. Uh, Welcome to the show, Chris. (laughs) Chris
0: is also going to be be appearing in 2018 as one of the members of the Haikus for Hotties Hot Man Squad, which is why we brought our resident Hot Man expert, Asian Hot Man (laughs) expert, Ada, saying, Back to the collab cast. How's it going, Ada?
3: Hi, everyone.
2: Bless you, wrote, Ada. Thank you bio. for all the, the goodness you bring into our lives. Oh, thank you.
3: I wrote a new <laughs> bio this year because we, we have a new website for the calendar, and our designer, Amanda, asked me to write a bio, and I didn't want to write a serious bio. So I think my bio was something like, since Ada was a little girl, she dreamed of being a journalist that would have all of her writing overshadowed by sh- hot photos of shirtless men. <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, it's just a segue, It you is know.
0: Now, like everyone
2: gets to understand your.
3: <laughs> that's amazing
0: because that's what you're doing. You're living your dream. <laughs>
3: Although that's, that's <laughs> not really true, but it it kind of does go further back. I know. Even when I I used to work for right, or I used to write for Korean magazine, which is the Korean American. Um, magazine and my editor at the time because I cover pop culture and I'm not Korean American so obviously I wouldn't be helpful in other (laughs) writing about other Korean issues but I would interview a lot of the actors so she joked that I was on the hot Korean American actor beat so I did have a nice line uh, there was like a line where I would cover like all the cover men would so I did like John Cho, I did Daniel Henney, um, Sung Kang, Randall Park. (laughs) So you are
0: pretty much the expert of hot Asian dudes, even before you became the professor of hotness. I know,
3: I wrote like 2,000, 3,000 words on all of their epic stories. (laughs) Very
2: nice. You go right to the source, the expert.
0: Well, we're so glad to have you back. So glad to have Chris on the show, finally. Thanks for having me. Um, We're going to start off our show as we always do with our roundtable discussion, where we talk about what's on our minds in the world of pop culture and Asian America, what we've been watching, what we've been reading, what we've been eating, thinking about. Um, well, this week, let's start with Minji, because as you can hear, she is coming at us, not in the room, but from the Bay Area, where she just attended her brother's wedding.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um Hi, guys. I missed everybody. It's been it's been a while. Uh, So thing that's been on my mind. Well, it's I've had kind of a turbulent week. A lot of things happen. I hear it like like, uh, the top most stressful situations in life are weddings and funerals. And I'm dealing with both, so um, it's been a it's been a it's been an interesting time. But what's mainly on my mind, really, you know, the most recent thing and the thing that we're celebrating is my brother's wedding. And he's actually been married for two years, um, but this was like the big the big shebang where we could celebrate and bring everybody together uh, because he got married during doing a civil union, not civil union. What is it called? Just a civil like a courthouse,
0: right? Or like a was, was Did he uh, go to City Hall? Yeah,
2: yeah. He went to City Hall, and I was actually his only witness, which was really meaningful. But now it's like the whole family. But that's kind of what is on my mind because he married a girl who's from Hong Kong. um mm. My sister-in-law is. Oh, sh- she listens to the podcast, so she gets a shout out. Hi, Joey. Um, Hi,
1: And, Hi, Joey. and I love
2: her. Welcome.
0: We, <laughs> out- we we outnumbered the Koreans now on this podcast. It's all good.
2: Apparently. <laughs> The Koreans are totally outnumbered. And and it was just <laughs> interesting because um, it was beautiful because, you know, she's from Hong Kong and uh, my brother is Korean-American. So we had a unique wedding where we did like uh, – they did photos in the Korean traditional, traditional outfits and then we did the tea ceremony. And I just don't think that that's like what my parents had expected. Not that they had anything against it, but, you know – I don't think my dad ever envisioned like my my brother marrying a Chinese girl and having to do a tea ceremony or anything like that. So it was just really cute. <laughs> it was very heartwarming and fascinating, too, to see how all the cultures come together. It was a very multicultural aspect. I think it just really made me think of um, kind of just traditions, right, and how these different cultures are merging. And that's happening everywhere through so many different backgrounds coming together through love, which I think is beautiful. But we didn't have the traditional Korean wedding ceremony, but we did the traditional Chinese tea ceremony, where they present tea to my parents and her parents, and like the gold necklace and all that stuff and the red envelopes. So, cool. It was really beautiful. What what is the
0: traditional Korean ceremony? I don't think I've been to one of those.
2: Oh, that's a oh you've never seen that, Mark? I I I thought you would have seen it by now because you have so many Korean friends. Um, that's a whole other hoopla. I mean, you wear the traditional clothes. There's a whole like chestnut and dates throwing like (laughs) process. Um, it, they're supposed, it's supposed to, uh, represent fertility and like the parents will throw, like the, the girl has this like beautiful dress and she has this cloth that's draped over her arms and the husband and wife hold that together and then they catch chestnuts and dates and that's supposed to symbolize how many children you're gonna have so it's like the oh, wow. parents like wishing you know fertility on their children and then they do this thing where like the the um they do the bowing and then yeah there's like a whole thing did you it's do really the stealing really the bride
1: is that what it's called huh? stealing the bride
2: they, they is that just, in the chinese
1: yeah that's a chinese thing right is it I went yeah, to a Singaporean yeah. one really recently, uh-huh. and there was that. I don't know, maybe it's a Singaporean thing, because we had to throw money at the girls. Oh, uh, I don't know. You one threw of money yeah, at I'm the girls? Sure.
3: <laughs> what was the stealing the bride part?
1: It was, uh, yeah, so uh, my, my mate married a uh, uh, Singaporean girl. So uh, I was one of the, the groomsmen, so I was part of the, the whole uh, ceremony thing. And, and, yeah, we had to knock, uh, rock up at where she was staying. The door was closed. We had to knock on the door. And then all the bridesmaids were behind and they expected money. Oh, little hongbao, like little red packets from us, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Did you do that? I don't, I don't. Dude, I, we, gave first, so not, we gave okay. them so much money. We gave them so much money. It was a married person on this
0: podcast. Did you, uh, Ada, did you do any like traditional
1: ceremonies during, <laughs> if you did, want to share? We
3: did, but I think we did it more for fun than
1: <laughs> for Oh no, these, these bridesmaids, they treated it like a business venture. This was like a full on, they had it all planned out. They were being real nice at first and we were giving <laughs> them like, you know, okay, great. Let's give them the big notes now. And then they'd be like, is that it? And they will being really nice. And then they started getting <laughs> (laughs) more aggressive (laughs) well if you're you're talking about Chinese like
0: ceremonia festivals it's all about getting money and like keeping <laughs> accounts right Like that's I don't what
2: i'm saying i was yeah. like was so, i was shocked because i was in the room with the bridesmaids when they did that to my brother and the groomsmen <laughs> i was like i don't understand what's happening right now but this is really funny and i was snapchatting i was like instagram storing the whole thing um this right. <laughs> so was really hilarious because they were negotiating they're like that's that's not all right like you yeah, have more red envelopes and d-. i was like wait what so he's buying her <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe it's a Hong Kong thing. It sounds like a very Hong Kong thing to do. I don't know. Or a, I don't know I have no Singaporean. Idea. Singaporean? Yeah. I don't
1: know.
3: I don't know. Well, we didn't do it. Which sh- sounds like a good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we could have had
2: more money. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I I I get a kick out of all that stuff. I love I love kind of preserving heritage, you know. Yeah. And I think that's like my mom has talked to me because she was lecturing me about she wanted me to marry a Korean guy, and I was like, well, what if I don't? You know, you can't dictate that.
0: I know um, your, your brother's already deprived them of a traditional Korean wedding. Now it's up to you.
2: Right, I know. <laughs> but no, no pressure. God, that was the main other... Besides congratulating my brother, the second most talked about thing is, so when's Minji getting married? Oh, okay. uh, oh. so leave me alone.
1: <laughs> no, but, I love uh, that. I love that sort of traditional stuff. And I think the more that we can keep it going, I think it makes the day more special. Yeah. You know, it's all about, yeah. it's all about yeah. remembering it years later. And yeah. that's the kind of stuff you remember. I mean, see, for me, like... Traditional Chinese weddings, all I
0: know is you change a bunch of costumes during the banquet.
3: Yeah. yeah. And
0: you go around <laughs> and take shots of everybody. It's like the one time you see your uncles and parents get super wasted. Yeah. And that's that's really wedding. cute.
3: How many <laughs> outfits really did cute. your sister in law get to wear? Did she wear a like an American style and a Chinese style and a Korean
2: style? No, um. So they, so they did the Korean style photo shoot. They did that during their engagement se- session, which I thought was really beautiful. And what that's what that? I just
1: What's a really Korean appreciate about my sister.
2: Shoot? Huh?
1: What's a Korean style photo shoot?
2: It was just yeah. in the hanbok, in the traditional oh, oh, right, um, costume. Right, right, right. Yeah, So, and she looked so beautiful. I mean, I'm going to post their slideshow.
1: <laughs> you meant like a like Korean drama, really emo. <laughs> well, like, yeah. I think if you, said, if you said
3: a Taiwanese-style engagement shoot, I think people would know what you're talking about. My, <laughs> it exactly. be very, very
1: specific. My friends got a yeah.
3: very,
0: very Taiwanese-style photo shoot, <laughs> except they reversed the roles.
3: They reversed the roles. So what does like, that mean? So, like,
0: the, the, the girl was playing the piano and the guy was oh my on top of it. That's
3: <laughs> so, so true. <laughs> oh my gosh. The Taiwanese – photo. Oh my gosh. The engagement photo shoots are so dramatic. We did one, but we, there was, like different styles and we picked the natural style and it was Good still pretty stuff. dramatic. But um, yeah, there are photos like that. You know, the, guy, the girl with the dress, lay, lay, you know. You know, laying across the
2: piano. It's like <laughs> there's like photos of people in like waterfalls.
3: It's so dramatic.
2: I totally want to do it to spoof it. Even though I'm not should, even it even was if I don't fun. marry a Chinese, Taiwanese guy, I still want to do like an or Korean one. You could do it's, Korean ones are just super flowery and glowy, and like everyone's like an angel in heaven or something. Like it's just so. <laughs> It, uh, takes,
3: it takes like the whole day. I mean, as an actor, like maybe you're like used to this type of stuff, but that's what I imagine actors yeah. <laughs> it might be like to be an actor. Like, just spend so much time in like costume and makeup, and then you like go to the beach and then
1: you just take <laughs> <part> <laughs> act, oh, you're like, like... You look all glowy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ada, what's, what's on your mind?
3: What's on my mind? Oh, <laughs> Chris is gonna love my topic. <laughs> um. I was researching you <laughs> for It's
1: okay, a good start. I like it where this is going.
3: And you know, I had known that you were in Marco Polo and some and you know, Crouching Tiger and your recent stuff, mm-hmm. but I didn't know that you were in a movie called Tomorrow When the War Began, uh-huh. which was a pretty big hit in Australia, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wait,
1: is that the is that the topic? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I would like to know more. Your your
2: movie movie. is a topic, I like
1: it. So that, um, yeah, it was the first decently budgeted big film that I did, Um, and I was super fortunate. So um, the the story behind that is it's it's based off a book by the same title, Tomorrow When the War Began, Uh, and it's compulsory reading. uh, There we go. That's another. Sorry.
3: Now I've got another
1: beer. Yes, I'm not the only one. Oh, we're having. So we're getting wasted after this. So it's compulsory reading for English. You have to read it. Uh, I read it in grade nine. So basically really? everybody in Australia has read this book. And oh, so wow. I'm, yeah. And, uh, and so it's like the Australian Harry Potter or something. And, uh, <laughs> and then it went on to do uh, the biggest box office in Australia of, of that year for an Australian film. So, uh, yeah, it was, I was so fortunate to be a part of it. And what makes it special for me, not only was it my first film, but um, the character that I played went very much against stereotype. I don't know, is this where you were going with? with um, no, you I didn't w- want w- to know you, about the you film. You go wherever okay. you want
3: to go, <laughs> and <laughs> I will tell what you is, my what reaction to What is to this
1: it. story about, is what I want to know. Uh, it's, uh, it's about a. It's
3: like teenagers?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a group of young people who go camping, mm-hmm. uh, and they've got no mobile reception, and they're just out in the sticks. And while they're doing that and having the greatest time of their lives with um, their adolescent um, hormones running wild, um, Australia is taken over by an undescript, uh, unknown sort of Asian invading force. Yeah. So when they come back, it's their whole lives have changed, and they're suddenly Australia's at war. Wow yeah it's it's very interesting it's kind of people kind of compare it to um red dawn that's what i was thinking is this just australian red dawn (laughs) um (laughs) but it's much more it's much more of a character driven story it's not an action film right or book no swayze no no
2: chris i have i have a question for you because as a fellow actor and just like you being part of the first like you said the kind of like decently budgeted film um and it being a great success I'm just so curious because, you know, that's the dream, right, is that someday I'll be able to be on, like, a good, a well-budgeted well, – what like, get kind of all the pomp and circumstance, like, all the PR and whatnot. Um, was it everything – I want to know from my personal, like, my own dreams and ambitions. Was it everything, was it everything it that you dreamed it to be or was it kind of like
1: – It was everything I thought it would be, yeah.
2: Yeah, it keep, was? Yeah. I love yeah, that.
1: Keep fighting for the dream. You know what, like, I still um, – I go back and visit this sometimes when I'm feeling unmotivated, but I wrote a little journal of my experiences at the time. And Mm -hmm. you can hear the energy in my voice when I'm writing it. And and I'm just so uh, blown away by everything. I remember um, the very first, you know, you've gone from nothing to suddenly uh, this was a Paramount film and we were filming at uh, Fox Studios in Sydney where Matrix Mm. series and where Star Wars was filmed. Um, And then I'm, My first day, I'm walking in there, and um, my first meeting was with the producers who worked on Matrix, Dark City, and then I was with um, the director of this film. Uh, It was his first time directing, but he wrote the script, and uh, his previous titles include, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean, the first one, the good one, Uh, and like Collateral, and that. So, I'm working with top people, and it was just ridiculous for me to go into that meeting, Then go home to my um, self-service department, which is, you know, had a pool and everything. It was just – I was literally living the life and it was amazing. So, yeah, it was. It was the dream. I was really doing it.
3: So, I think I want to provide a little bit of context to somebody who just watched the movie. (laughs) But what Chris doesn't mention – is that So it's it's kind of, I mean, it follows this one girl, but it's like her and her friends, so it's a little bit of an ensemble film. But Chris is the main love interest. Oh. Like, hey. Do, like, I was watching it like, why did I not know about this? And I think <laughs> it's a little bit, I, I just did a story recently about kind of international films and how they travel, and I think there's something about how, as Americans, the foreign films we get are these very, like, um, you know, the fa- films that go to like these really prestigious film festivals like the Cannes Film Festival. So yeah. I was thinking about like the Australian films I've seen, especially the Asian Australian films I've seen, and they're like very artsy, you know, it's like stuff that I would have seen at a film <laughs> festival. Whereas um like a movie That's like the
1: problem with Australian films, no one wants to watch them. But this. this <laughs> no, was this was this one was a this one was a popcorn but this one Like was, it was an actual, yeah. you know, a fun film. Yeah, this one was it like a blockbuster
3: film, but like we I mean, you know, as even as someone who covers like Asian <laughs> pop culture, I had heard of it and i mean i think that happens with asian films too a lot of that's times yeah they're
1: all um, the the slow indie, long slow yeah yeah shots, like the long yeah. takes
3: but that's like, pretty
1: that's much a- that's an ideal australian film it's slow dark someone's got to commit suicide and then no one will watch. <laughs>
2: really it. i had no like idea it. i mean because my <laughs> perception of australians is so everyone's so gregarious and and funny and outgoing and <laughs> Yeah, attractive I mean, and blah, you know. General, so I like, don't equate that. I wouldn't. I would not assume. I feel like that sounds very Asian melodramatic,
1: like <laughs> <Crian> <laughs> drama. Well, I remember when our film came out, when Tomorrow in the War came out, uh, began came out. We were really proud that Australians were actually watching Australian films. Yeah, yeah, yeah And and so I mean, I, I guess the the big thing about that film for me, besides it being my first film, was um, that the character I played, like you said, it was he was the love interest to the the lead character who was a white girl. Uh, and so the character really did break stereotype. And I think at the time, you know, I was a very, um, uh, immature, well, actor as well as just human. (laughs) This (laughs) was what,
3: 2010. So you probably shot it 2009. Yeah, we shot it it
1: 2009. Um, and, and, you know, I wasn't really aware or able to articulate um the the social climate and frustrations or whatever i felt as an asian mm. uh, australian or asian you know um born outside of asia and so uh, looking back on it, it it was very significant just because um i did get with a white girl and i did break a lot of stereotypes uh, and and funnily enough that was the thing that most of my friends remembered there was a shot in the trailer <laughs> before the film even came out i had a Every single one of my friends that saw the trailer would call me up and be like, "Yo, dude, you made out
2: with the white girl? How was that?"
1: Like, that's the one thing I remember from uh, PR when
0: that came out. That's really interesting because like, if that happens now, like, it's on every single like deadline, like Hollywood. That's the thing. I yeah. think
3: it's. Um, so I mean, I I'm gonna do a plug for Saturday School because it's yeah, part yeah. of our potluck <laughs> right. podcast collective. But I mean the. Um, The podcast that I do with Brian who is about um, revisiting older Asian American um, films and stuff that, you know, maybe not a lot of people know about. Um, And we mostly focus on Asian American stuff. But I think that's why I'm so into like finding older films that, you know, maybe not enough people know about. But like people should watch because I think especially for Asian Americans. Going back and watching that film, like, it was so cool to see, you know, because, like, you I, you really bought it. Like, the, what was the main girl named Caitlin?
1: Caitlin Stacy. Yeah,
3: I mean, I think, like, she does a really – I feel like you, your intro to the film, like, I think they intro you as, like, a guy who, like, plays piano and, like, nobody nobody really knows what to do with him. Yeah. And I think, so my
1: character's name's Lee, and he's yeah. a bit of an outsider. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's super intriguing.
3: yeah. And, so it's the like Lee
1: character, at least. Yeah. So I
3: feel like it's just like in that very first intro, you kind of, you kind of see like, oh, this is kind of like an Asian Australian guy that you might recognize, but then very quickly, like the main character in the film, like <laughs> really, really, really,
1: she like, crushes on him. Really, yeah,
3: really hard. hard. Yeah. And <laughs> Every single time he comes on screen, you see it in her face, uh, like, nice. like you know, kind of like the nervousness around him, and like. And, like, he's surrounded by all these, like, you know, like, good-looking Austral- other, you know, white Australian actors, but she wants him, you know. She wants some Chris Pang, you know. Yeah, man. And
0: move, like- move over Chris Hemsworth. Chris <laughs> Pang is in the house now. Yeah. Excuse the Chris you. Flow. But
3: it's so funny, because... And he actually, like, his character, too, is, like, the one who... Um, It's kind of badass. You like killed a spider for something like that. I don't remember. It was
1: a snake. Come on, a snake.
3: A snake.
1: Sorry, a spider. A a poisonous. You're right. I'm sorry. I killed an ant. (laughs) (laughs) So that we were meant to do a a two and three because there's actually seven books.
3: Really?
1: Yeah, and it was planned as a trilogy. So we were quite excited, and especially for my character, that 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 Asian guy goes on to become a major major lead.
3: Wow Yeah, yeah. He, I, I wiki'd it So he has kind of like a dark turn He's like very, very
1: Yeah, I would like, have loved that Yeah <laughs> Yeah um, So unfortunately we didn't go on to do that Even though, yeah, we we made a ton of money in that But um, it was uh, That was, I guess That was my first bit of uh, Actor's journey r- Sort of awakening Right Because I'd gone up <laughs> to the top And yeah. been like, yes, I love this And then gone gone and spent a bunch of money Thinking that the two and three is going to happen, then it's like, ah, uh, it's not happening. You have no money now you, <laughs> you can't. That's an
2: important now. journey to, to a, reflect yeah, on, though. And I, I think a lot of, and that's part of that.
1: Uh, learned it the early. The rise on.
2: and yeah, <laughs> you, I don't rise know. and
1: fall. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
2: Not rise and fall. And then rise again. I guess and what? Yeah, you rise and again, rise and that's higher. the part that why every parent on the planet does not want their child to be an actor.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Uh <laughs> I, I think we have time for one more topic. So uh Chris what's on your mind? So, uh I was in I was in Melbourne uh last week. I just, I just got back to LA. So uh yeah. yeah, as you can hear in my voice the jet lag and the absolute sickness. But um <laughs> but while I was in Melbourne, I was hearing about this Chinese film called Wolf Warrior 2. Okay. And uh it, it's uh by this uh a, a Chinese actor called Wu Jing and just came out of nowhere and has made, at the time, it was released for six, uh, two weeks and had made 600 million US. Wow. Yeah, and I I had to get that figure repeated to me so many times because, you know, in Chinese they say like uh, they use different counting system and there's different zeros. It's like, you know, E1 is like 10,000 or something super confusing. The the, the commas are different. I did the maths so many times (laughs) to be sure it was 600 million. I was like, okay, I've got to go see this film. And I think right now it's up to what? It's like like 700 million. Anyway, I don't know how many E, but it was ridiculous. (laughs) And so I went to see this movie in in Melbourne, Australia, um, and I went into the cinema. It was a Saturday night. I went to buy the tickets with my parents, and I was surprised to see it was in the main cinema. Wow. So the widescreen, extreme screen cinema. Um, And so I walked into the cinema, and the entire Hmm. cinema was full. And it was full of Asian people. <laughs> and I've never seen that before. I was in Australia. And yeah. And yeah, it was quite
0: an experience for me. I know there was a couple like AMCs in the San Diego Valley who play like
1: mainland movies.
3: Yeah, I'm sure it's playing at the AMC in Monterey Park. Oh, it yeah. has to be.
1: Yeah. Has to, wait, I, I, think, me... I, I think I saw that it made a million in the States. Really? I think it's made a million bucks wow. in the States, I think. Well, Don't quote me on that. Interesting.
3: China's there was an article. It said the China box office for Wolf Warrior Two is now bigger than the U.S. domestic total for Avatar. Wow. That's what we're talking
2: about. What? what? See, so this is a Chinese-made movie, right?
1: Chinese-made movie for China. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. and so the thing about it, I mean, I went and watched it. Uh huh. I thought it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> but... The As a thing stuntman, that, how were the stunts? Stunts were not bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wu, Wu Jing's a um, a martial arts guy. So uh, the stunts were good. And I think that was the big draw card because mm-hmm. for Chinese audiences... Um, They always, I don't know, there's this stigma in China that everything uh, from outside of China is better. Mm -hmm. And so there was always uh, a view that if it wasn't made in China, uh, you know, we got to go see it and support these outside films and that and everything in China just didn't seem as good. And that's what this film did well is that it did the action well. It looked good. um, You know, it seemed like a Hollywood film in, in a lot of respects. And I think that's what got its um, – where it made its money besides also um, a huge national pride thing. Yeah. Throughout. Yeah, it, it was all about – it was pretty cringeworthy actually. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, I don't think I'm really spoiling anything here, but there's, there's one point where they literally stop a war – because he holds up a Chinese flag.
0: <laughs> oh wow! It's mean, pretty nationalistic. That's not as bad as that's well just just as bad as like Spider Man flying in front of a giant American flag as he as he's like swinging around
1: New York. So but it doesn't like stop yeah. the bad guy, does it? That's true. It's just there for like visuals. <laughs> I this think is,
3: that's what they say. I didn't see the Great Wall, but from the reviews that I read, they say that it has like that's it has what they try. Of that I mean, too, that's what like.
0: they did with um. The Martian, too. The Chinese people saved the day. They brought Matt Damon home. (laughs) And that's why that whitewashing (laughs) is okay. Yeah, I mean, you look at those numbers, and those are like what Hollywood wants. Right. But see, that's where it gets.
2: I mean, that's the politics with Hollywood right now. I actually had this talk with my dad recently. Suddenly, I'm really happy. It's just a moment this week. My dad's, like, really coming around to supporting me in the arts. Congrats. yeah, it's been a journey, let me tell you. But uh, in any, but we kind of dug into the, the politics of everything and the cultural influence um, because I think that's been the main crux of the conversation between me and my dad is, you know, I want to be an actor because I have so much fun doing the acting, but the storytelling in itself does play a larger part, right? Like things that millions of people see what they're going to watch, and what's going to either be like, uh, you know, either stopping and waving the flag or having the wag, uh, the flag waving, you know, very subtly in the background. These images and the stories really do leave an impression, right? And they do kind of influence larger movements, whereas nationalism or whatever. And I don't know, that was just really fun to hear from my dad's perspective, because he's Korean American from Korea. And he has a lot of pride in like Korean film, but he's not I don't know how he really feels about Korean dramas, but he's not so big on that. Um, But just how that has played an influence on the rest of the world that so many other Asian countries like consume that content. And he's very curious, like what they think about Korea as a result. Yeah. Uh, But Anyway, I just like I I love kind of talking about that, like how what we put on the screen really does have a bigger impact, which we know. But I don't know how much people talk about it.
0: Yeah. Um, Now it's on this
2: global level. (laughs)
0: <laughs> one, one last thing before we hit the break um, congrats to Gook this podcast is coming out a week later but Gook the um, Justin Chan helmed movie about the LA riots um, did really well it's opening week in LA it's, it was only open on a limited number of screens but it took the largest per screen average oh awesome. the yeah and Woo. the data shows Woo. that Asian Americans carried it. So <laughs> nice. it's opening it's opening wider this coming week or this past week uh, when you're hearing this episode. So hopefully, it can keep that
1: keep that uh, momentum strong. Congrats, Justin! Yeah.
2: Congrats, Justin! I'm gonna plug again, Asian America. I'm calling out to you and those even in, those who are not Asian or Asian American listening to this. Buy the tickets, y'all. Like I already watched it at Sundance, and I'm buying. And I'm going to buy multiple tickets. We'll see how many I can. But I'm buying <laughs> at least one. And we got to show up. And this is something that's, you know, we can laugh about it, but it's serious because the numbers do reflect what people will. We saw it with Wonder Woman. We've seen it with so many different other versions of of uh, minorities and and the the others making their stories known. It matters, you guys. So step up to the plate. Put the put your money where your mouth is. You want to see more diverse stories, this is part of the deal. So go watch it.
0: Support. (laughs) Support, guys. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break before we come back to talk more about Haikus for Hotties and, uh, and chat with Chris. Stick around. Hey everyone, uh, it's Marvin here. Thanks again for listening to this episode of The Collabcast. The Collabcast, of course, is a part of Collaboration, a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment. Discovering, developing, showcasing, and connecting the creative talents of the Asian American community in North America and beyond. Uh, You can learn more about Collaboration, our programs, and our other digital content offerings um, by going to our website at www.collaboration.org. Again, like we mentioned at the top of the show, the destruction of Hurricane Harvey has affected a lot of our friends and family in the Houston area. And if you're in the area and willing to help, um, Collaboration Houston is putting together a coordination sheet to coordinate the efforts of the Collaboration community out there. So if you're in the area and willing to help um, both either by providing resources or personally, um, please check them out. Again, you can find the Google form on the Collaboration Houston Twitter handle, um, at Collab Houston, or their Facebook page. Just search Collaboration Houston. Finally, the Collabcast is a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of podcasts featuring unique voices from the Asian American community. Each week I like to highlight a different podcast from our collective and this week I wanted to give a quick shout out to First of All. Uh, First of All is a new podcast hosted by Minji Chang and produced by myself, Uh, but it's a much more personal advice and lifestyle podcast um, featuring thoughts and stories that Minji typically doesn't have a chance to share on our podcast because it's um, more um, rigidly structured. Um, so if you're a fan of the collab cast and just can't get enough of Minji Chang and her thoughts, um, check out First of All. Um, the first seven episodes are up right now, and definitely check out last week's episode where Minji talks to her mom. It's really, really good. You can find First of All and the other great programs of the Potluck Collective by going to the website podcastpotluck.com or by following us on Twitter and Facebook. And yeah, that's it for um, this break again the damage by hurricane harvey um in houston is affecting a lot of our friends and family um so if you have the chance to support even if you're not in the area by donating to emergency services and other organizations who are helping the relief efforts um please do so um in these times um we have to really rely on each other um so on that note um please enjoy the rest of the show And welcome back to the Collabcast. It's episode one hundred and thirty-five. Uh, we're here with our guests Ada Sang and Chris Pang. What's up? Hi.
1: Welcome back, um, Chris. You
2: sound so lively. You don't sound sick at all. I'm just uh, saying. I'm, I'm really, I'm really trying. Skype.
1: Thank you. I'm really trying. You should see my face. <laughs> it's just the voice. not true. That's not true. <laughs> I, I can, he looks can, beautiful. See, yeah, everybody,
0: I can see, <laughs> face I can see why. Ada chose him to be on this year's. Uh, her he's stop also very it.
3: tall. You're very tall, and he's stop wearing it. a leather jacket. I'm, I'll try to paint a picture yeah. for you guys. <laughs> His hair is nice. He has like the James Dean <laughs> hair. He has a leather jacket, and he has a helmet. Okay, he came in I on a motorcycle. Yeah,
0: you can like. I almost in because <laughs> I remember seeing him in um, in Crushing Tiger, and I was like, "Oh, this guy's really cool." You were like my favorite one of those like mercenaries people. Oh, like, thank you, and then. After when, we, when I was like doing some research, I was like, that was him?
1: Yeah, nobody, even my friends watched that movie and was like, hey, man, I, I watched the movie. but I, Which one were you? I didn't really see. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I was, you definitely saw me if you watched the yeah. movie. But I looked so weird. That's what my agents have been saying. You need to do a film where you look like you. Because I've done, so I did Crouching Tiger uh-huh. where I had that half shaved head yeah um,
2: i just found the picture i just googled it but uh,
1: yeah like the, don't the i asian, look like, ridiculous asian mustache like kung fu beard w- thing what, what is an name? asian mustache kind of like like a not fully formed patchy it's not mustache, like a judge judge mustache pretty much but
0: it's like you know it's like, it's like you painted it on okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: i had okay I've, i had it stuck on i can't grow a beard <laughs> i had it stuck on okay marvin um but yeah, I mean, it looked it looked great. It looked um, it fit in with the movie, but I looked like a psychopath in real life <laughs> because I really had that haircut. I'd walk around and do normal life, go to supermarkets and be around like children, and have that haircut. You know not wear a hat. You just stay in character, just like wear the costume. Too. No, like. I would have got arrested. <laughs> Oh yeah. It's no, so it's so
2: like intimidating. I'm just looking at it. I'm like, wow, uh, that really does scary. not look like you.
1: Yeah, and then and then I did Marco Polo, which <laughs> was another period thing, and I also had a beard and didn't right. look like me. I both interestingly, both of those roles when the uh, uh breakdown, so breakdown's like a character brief or like a little description about the character um came out for me to prepare uh the scenes for the character for the audition, it both of those characters were supposed to be forties. Oh, really? And I'm wow. nowhere near forty, so I think that's why I have a beard in both of them to or make the. No Asian not reason. Like you, can, yeah, you could be forty. I could be. Know? I could yeah. be fifty. Actually, my my Google. <laughs> it, it, this is really weird. My Google says <laughs> that I'm forty-seven.
3: What? No, it
1: what? Your profile? No, yeah, I don't know. I don't know no, where it comes from. Know. If you Google Chris Pang age, it says I'm forty-seven.
3: I looked at wow. your Wikipedia. It said you were thirty-two. I think. Is
1: that right? But that's not like uh, Google. Yeah, yeah, because I just put that on. Oh really? Because my agents. Were, so when <laughs> I was, you're like, I'm not I rocked 37. up. I rocked up to um, uh, Crazy Rich Asians uh-huh. a couple months back, and then uh, you know got to know everybody, and we'd settled down enough to to you know have chats and be comfortable with each other. And then the producer comes up, and one of them's just like, "Yo, so you're not? How old are you?" you're not 47, right? <laughs> and this was a legitimate issue. Like, I almost got fired off that project really, oh because gosh. Google says I'm 47. Whoa. I mean, wow. Well, now when yeah. you
3: wiki you, it says 32. That's yeah, like the re- I put that on. Yeah, good That's work. That's like
0: the reverse of what happened to Constance Wu when she first came on the scene as Jessica Huang on Fresh Out the Boat. Everyone thought she was like 24 years old. That was her internet
1: age. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess it's hard as when you when you're doing acting it's kind of you don't really want people to know your age you know mm-hmm. because you don't you don't want that to restrict you uh, and restrict the amount of roles that you can go in for or people you just want hey, if I look like I can play the role. I'm going to play the role. That's you know? true. Yeah. It's like means you can probably still play high
0: school senior right now if you wanted to. That's
2: yeah. why I don't like it cuz I'm like damn it I want to play more substantial roles not to say that <laughs> younger roles are but you know you don't Maybe have much of a choice like, and then
0: super serious <laughs> high school senior
2: <laughs> obviously no not but the um, one, it, it, it is a thing you're not supposed to tell like, anybody you're not supposed to make it public you can play Usually. the
3: high school person who's on a camping trip and all of a sudden there's a war and you turn into a soldier
1: <laughs> oh yeah that sounds like a great movie idea let's do that <laughs> can i be in it
2: <laughs> Only if you play. yeah let's start text. writing guys
1: <laughs> um but that's awesome
0: so um You are on Crazy Rich Asians, which we can't go too deep into because there's a PR person in the corner that's very threatening to me right now.
1: Um, (laughs) (laughs) Just throwing (laughs) daggers with our eyes. I know. (laughs) Just taking notes. Don't talk about yep. it. <laughs> no, but um, you, you just came from...
0: You guys just finished shooting. You guys are in post-production right now.
1: Yeah, we're in post. Yeah. Um, everything's looking beautiful uh, and I'm super excited. And, and the one thing that i got to say about it is that all of us felt something special on that project. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, we all knew going into it what a big deal it was. <laughs> because, come on, when was the last... I think I read that the last all-Asian cast... Film to come out of a.
0: Joy Luck Club. It was Joy Luck Club in
1: 1993. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was a long time ago. And so this is a huge milestone. And, um, you know, the same conversations that were happening back then are still happening right now and in terms of you know the the fight for diversity and that this is a huge milestone yeah and we were really all of us were really excited and i think that energy just drove us when we're on set i mean just looking at the um rap party instagrams that you guys put up Uh it just looked
0: like a lot of fun to be around (laughs) Our, our friend jimmy o yang just like posted a bunch of just really
1: really fun looking pictures yeah we we had a little Bit of fun, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what coming what kind of you? You got you got a bunch of you know like-minded young people in an Asian country where everything's cheap, and <laughs> we're gonna have a lot of fun. It
2: <laughs> was amazing, and I want to really, I really love uh, Ronnie Chang. And uh,
1: uh, Ronnie's great! It's
2: just and and Aquafina, and you know, like we we know Aquafina through collaboration, but then like seeing you guys all together and Harry and and Constance, of course, like just seeing everybody in photos together, all in the same.
1: It was like such it, it brought a, a little cast. tear
2: to my eye. You yeah. know, it was so meaningful right. because again, when you see something that you haven't seen before, you recognize like I've never seen this before. Yeah, this it was is this such is really a
1: great cast, and I'm I'm so honored to be a part of it. And then you've got visionaries like Kevin Kwan, um, the, 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 who brought the book to life, you know, to into existence, came out of his head. And then he was visiting set, so we had him around. <laughs> and then you know you got John M. Chu, um, just had a at the head, congrats, who just had a baby. Oh, yeah, congrats, John. Congrats. Beautiful little baby. Um. <laughs> Yeah, the, the team was amazing. Uh, and so, yeah, we had we had a lot of fun. We had a little bit too much fun. <laughs> but I love that. Um,
0: I don't know if it's because of you guys or because of just this movement that we've all been a part of in Hollywood, like this move towards better representation, more diverse stories. But Jenny Han's book just got greenlit too, which features a very prominent Asian-American cast. To All the Boys I Loved Before, I think, is the name of the series, which is another like Asian-American like led Hollywood projects that we know of in in addition to Gook. I got corrected during the break. It's Gook (laughs) that is um, playing doing really, really well right now like making setting a precedent. It's it's really it's
1: really awesome. I'm I'm very excited for twenty eighteen. Yeah hopefully things are changing. Yeah. Yeah, that's the hope. Yeah, I mean sorta Minji sorta touched on it before. I think I think it's a kind of silent fight that all ethnic actors Uh, are a part of, you know, like your experience and and your upbringing as an ethnic minority sort of forces you into that and when you become an actor, you realize that you can affect change and it's kind of your duty to do that Yeah, especially now that they're giving us so many reasons or things to point to
0: for example um, The Defenders came out this past week on Netflix and everyone still admits that the Iron Fist is (laughs) the worst part of that series (laughs) Um, um, the Netflix adaptation of Death Note is getting kind of not good reviews. Um, but they're still making like so this broke last night um, as of this recording, but they are redoing Hellboy without Ron Perlman, which I don't. Like. Oh, he, I saw that Hellboy. title.
2: What's the what's the controversy with that? So I, didn't, the I didn't open it. His
0: name is one of the characters in the, in the story. He's like a undead jaguar spirit dude. His name is Ben Daimyo. He is a Japanese American Marine. Who works for this um this like paranormal branch of the U.S. government, and they casted a total white dude to play him. Oh, ben Daniel. <laughs> um, they casted the guy who played the bad guy from Deadpool. I forgot his name. Hmm, oh, he's like, cute. Not really, yeah, <laughs>
2: but also but not, a,
0: not really like not really what you would consider a draw name or like any of like the reasons they would use to cast him besides like oh, you know, we just wanted a white guy.
2: Well, I feel like I, I, again, I don't, I have, I will put a disclaimer. I have no idea why they made that move, (laughs) but when you, when you're in the Hollywood universe, you, I mean, I've learned bit by bit over time, how intentional and how constructed everything is, that it's a lot of transactions between publicists and managers and agencies and Everyone's kind of being positioned. There's a lot of strategy that goes behind people. And sometimes yeah. there's things that happen completely randomly and happenstance.
0: Yeah, it'd just be nice if they can keep their story straight because Yeah, said, that's what I'm they saying. Said, I insist is good because it's keeping to the source material. But in this, the source material is he's obviously Japanese American explicitly and they like, oh well that's that's, true. that's just a suggestion yeah, at this that's point. Mm.
2: It's all yeah. PR. I just I'm like in my head I'm envisioning like every PR person just spinning it. Just well, we're still it, waiting
0: it. for. I don't know if they if they even responded yet, but it, it blew up last night, so we'll, we'll see. We'll yeah, see what maybe
3: happens. by the time this airs, they'll have said something. Because <laughs> yeah. by the time this comes out, like people will know yeah, how we'll it's spun, right? So I'm, ex- I'm, just I'm curious.
0: Not excited. I'm interested to see
1: what kind of spin they give. Um, yeah, it's a tough spot to be in as a as an ethnic actor as well, especially Chinese or Asian. Um, because, because of the way the market's positioned right now with films like Wolf Warrior doing Mm. massive, ridiculous numbers like it is, a lot of the money is, is in China. And so Hollywood knows that they're trying to capitalize on that. Yeah. But where does that leave all the Asian American actors, you know, Asian actors outside of of China, we're, we're sort of getting squeezed from both sides. It's a difficult spot because suddenly they want to capture a fan base in China, they want to sell tickets there, so they're casting mm-hmm. Chinese-established actors to be in mm-hmm. Hollywood films. Yeah. I and wondering- so you're getting squeezed from both sides.
2: I don't know. I am still I still come to... like I, I understand the business side more and more, which is helpful, and it kind of sets the context in which to understand the art part, but I still... I'm very idealistic as the artist side of me. That I think when you have an authentic story, something that's that's really true. This is the funny example that my dad came up with was uh, my sassy girl, which was a huge hit in Korea. Mm -hmm. It's like one of those tentpole movies. Like all of us in a certain generation, all watched my sassy girl. Uh, But they made it into a U.S. version. (laughs) <laughs> I think it was starring Scarlett Johansson. If it is, no, I'm gonna laugh was, my uh, ass off. The,
0: it it was, was the girl <laughs> from 24. Fraternity.
2: Okay, it's never okay because I was like, was it ScarJo? Because if it was that, I would, I would die. Say it was. Um,
1: and also, but it,
2: it tanked. <laughs> it didn't do well, and it didn't, it didn't <laughs> translate, and it didn't have the same heart or the same humor. And I yeah, just, I mean, my my dad
0: I
3: was speculating. Just, about that. Um, did an interview with Roy Lee, who's the producer behind not
0: only Death Note but.
3: My sassy girl. He's oh, we, the
0: one that goes around uh-huh. looking for things to adapt, right? Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. We talked about my sassy girl.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what did he have to say about it?
3: Um, he's he said, yeah, it didn't it didn't work because there's certain cultural things that didn't translate. Like he was he was talking about how the original film, um, it was about how the main character is kind of like breaking these cultural norms and kind mm-hmm. of acting crazy. But when you translate that into a For an American audience, like, the character doesn't seem so crazy in the same way. So then it doesn't make any sense. I don't know if you actually ended up seeing it.
0: I feel like My Sassy Girl was, like, the first, like... That led to things like Boys Over Flowers and other Korean dramas with, like, the... Like, she's, like... It's, like, the Korean version of the Manny Pixie Dream Girl, right? Where it's, like, the wild, untamable crazy girl that like the guy needs to go and like <laughs> maybe like, to that
2: level to of popularity them. i'm I'm sure she's <laughs> not the first one because that storyline has existed before but i think yeah. to that level and to that um that notoriety i guess it, that that became like the the cultural reference point
3: of the like, what oh, it is it's
0: korean school. 500 days a summer oh, <laughs> kind, kind of yeah before the yeah.
2: like gardens garden state right
3: yeah
0: um, yeah, Rick exactly.
2: <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. Like those those stories all have different nuances. So kind of coming back to Crazy Rich Asians, I think it's going to be hilarious um, because it is an Asian American story. You know, Rachel in this because I actually read the book, even though Marvin did it. <laughs> uh, but she yeah, you got to read it, oh, Rachel. a beer. It's a
1: beer. A beer. <laughs> All right, we're getting so wasted after. <laughs> so much beer. Uh, Minji, come back quick.
2: <laughs> but, like, Rachel's from the Bay Area. You know what I mean? I connected with her because I was like, yes, a Bay Area girl. And my best friend's Chinese-American. Like, I know that girl. And I think he wrote her well. You know, it felt real. And I think that's what's going to translate to the screen. When you adapt something from a you know, story to being acted out by re- real human beings, you want people who – have lived that life. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Constance Wu has lived that life. She knows what it's like to be Chinese American and <laughs> there's going to be a level of authenticity that's very subtle and probably invisible to anybody else who's just watching it. But as the, the storyteller, to me, I think it'll have an, it'll have a realness and a depth that you wouldn't if you just made it just for kicks and like putting the white guy and the Japanese American characters <laughs> you can't, it just, I don't know. It just, it doesn't work. That's why I think people get so pissed off when you're like, why'd you just take away the thing that makes it special and unique? Yeah. You know, well,
1: I think people will really enjoy it because I mean, so we had, we were lucky enough to have Kevin, um, the writer with us, right. He visited and um, we all hung out and, and he was telling us when he was writing this, the inception of this idea was not, it wasn't a book for everybody. It was just for himself to have a creative outlet. And his main thing that he kept coming back to was he wanted it to be fun. Mm-hmm. And so he was writing it, you know, for just friends and family, just something to send around for fun. And that was his key word. And so you can't really remove that from any version of it. It's, it's sort of it, the basis of the whole idea. Uh, right. and, and like you said, we've got a lot of funny um, comedic actors in there. And I think people have it'll be a good time in the cinema but also um it's it's this it's almost like going into another world it's not so much an asian film it's like this it's what you're saying about something that we're familiar with maybe this rachel character um who we've all met or know or uh identify with uh, suddenly going into a completely absurd world that's uh, that's why I wouldn't so much say oh it's an Asian film I would liken it more to something like Lord of the Rings where, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> nice. it's just, it's I love insane. that but
2: she's like our gateway <laughs>
1: yeah or even like there's
0: so many movies where it's like the white person and like going to discover themselves in like a foreign land like Eat Pray Love or Lost in Translation where it's like, why do you have to have, like, why does the main character have to be this character? Mm-hmm. Like, let it be an Asian-American. Let's see what, like, let's well, show that Asian-Americans and Asians are, like, different. And, like, it's a different... But that's, I'm not aspect, hating it, yeah. but
2: I I don't think, I don't hate, this is we where I'm at as a consumer slash actor. I don't... I'm not hating on other people for making *Eat, Pray, Love* and for making *Lost in Translation*. That is a very unique story, and I actually really liked both of those movies. They're entertaining and gave that perspective. What I think is missing is our story, and I I don't, I don't honestly put that on any white writer or white director. To it's not their responsibility. I think it's honestly more on us to, to step up and write. Which is why I give so much. I give my hat, you know, tip my hat to. Kevin, because he he wrote it for fun and he did it. He actually took the time to to map out the story, to build characters, and now we can take that and turn it into a film. That's why I, I still think okay, there's the situation with the whitewash acting actor thing with the comic books and stuff, and that's very valid, and I get just as angry as anybody else. But also, like no one's going to tell our stories as well as we can with the same nuance and the same uh, subtle humor and whatever in the same drama. And so, yeah. I don't know. I I always come back to like Asian America. We got to write more. We got to we got to make our own stuff. It's it's a give and take, it's a push pull, it's a lot of different players in that, but yeah, I still come back to I, that. I
1: absolutely agree. It's up to the creatives. I mean, you, you know so much um, of the racism um, and segregation that exist is not intentional. Most of it is, you know, people don't even know it's, it's It's because of it's, it's ignorance, you know? And, and so you're right. It is up to the creatives to come up with the stories and come up with the perspectives that, that aren't familiar to other people. I absolutely agree. And and I think that's, you know, that's what we should be encouraging and focusing on as well. Um, Speaking of looking for 2018, um,
0: you know what we need for New Year's? New calendars, <laughs> and uh, you oh are featured <laughs> that, are was a seamless. that was smooth. You are smooth this year's 2018 haikus for hotties, um, which uh, Ada is the mastermind. She's the professor of hot Asian men. She is the professor <laughs> of ham. Oh, uh, we made it? up.
3: A, <laughs> we made up a hashtag because um, our Kickstarter. Our Kickstarter runs all of August. It's a 30-day Kickstarter, so we started it um, August 1st. And we we said it was Hot Asian Man, Hot Asian Men Awareness Month. Mm. so that, The nice. hashtag for that is H A M A M. It's
0: K-A-M-A-M ham- <And>, <laughs> Yeah.
3: And then um, we had Jenny Yang and Taz Ahmed declare it for <laughs> us
0: right but okay so are you are you now sharing your title as hot man expert or is it are they like your subordinate ha- hot man no men, no they're like, above
3: me i was taking it to the highest council <laughs> cuz i think they have a joke on twitter that they rec- they represent all of like chinese chinese people and muslims right. so as like the global majority they can make decisions on twitter about this type of thing it was just like i don't know they had like a joke about how like they deemed this person worthy of a aladdin casting when that was going on and when they were like we can't find aladdin person they said we as you know asian convening global majority say it's okay to cast this person so i said you know, So I just tweeted them, um, can we make Hot Asian Men Awareness Month official? <laughs> <laughs> nice. So
0: long-time <laughs> listeners will know that Ada, um, this is your third year doing this calendar, which yeah. is a 12-month calendar, each month highlighting a different hot man. Hot not only in physical attractiveness, but also mental attractiveness. That's true.
3: I mean, I think this is partially our fault <laughs> because we lead with a lot of the shirtless photos, and those are the ones that get that get shared around. But if you look at the actual calendar, it's kind, of, it's a, it's meant to be a variety of different types of hotness. I mean, this probably this third calendar we have too many just like hot Asian American, Asian actors. I'm, but bl-
0: I'm <laughs> glad you had enough to like. Go on to a third calendar. That, I
3: think that's my... I think <laughs> that's hey, the Hey, point hey of come it. on, Marv. Hey, hey, no, no. we got plenty no. more, Marv. Honestly, like, that. I think that's <clears throat> completely true because I think that's the, the assumption out there, right? That there mm. might not be enough. But to be honest, like, like we have to make... Cuts. I mean,
0: okay, here's, it's just not, go to any I mean, gym in like the San Giro Valley. Yeah. You take your pick.
3: Because there's just so. M- I mean, there's so many kind of. Um, I mean, you know, just the whole crazy rich Asians cast can make up an entire calendar. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. What is,
1: what is the criteria? Like, do you find does it have to be someone who you deem hot uh, that's also a notable figure, or is that was that uh, can it be anybody?
3: Truthfully, I think it's a at this point um, it's a combination of people that are nominated.
1: Mm. Um, through
3: Twitter. And sometimes there's people that we just, you know, want to approach. But truthfully, I'm just trying... We're just trying to create like a... um, Diversity of Asian-Americans, Asian-Australians, et cetera. Yeah. Because, you know, it's not like Asian-American. is just one thing. There's like so many different countries within <laughs> kind of like Asia, right? Yeah. So I don't think it's necessarily that we're, you know, once we get nominations and we get suggestions from a lot of people, like I think we're just trying to pick like an interesting variety of people and just having them kind of shine in their own way. You know, like, we don't actually tell people to take their shirts off, (laughs) contrary (laughs) to probably what a lot of people say. (laughs) But if you wanna, we're not gonna object either. if, If they ask me if... They <laughs> should. I'm like, well, it's up to I you love if the, you would like to. The
0: Kickstarter video uh, is the video of the shot, the shoot with Anaconda and the um, the Sarsa right? Brothers.
3: They always just they, yeah. if you look at their Instagrams, they just take their shirts off every day. All the time. they're the So main, that's like yeah. an authentic representation of themselves. You know, but then
0: you watch this video and you see Ada like in a blazer, <laughs> very very seriously, like directing the shoot. Yeah,
3: because it, okay, so the, their main calendar photo is a. Uh, Production of the Vanity Fair cover with Scarlett Johansson, mm-hmm. um, Kira Knightley and Tom Ford. I don't know if you look it up if you haven't seen the cover. It's kind of a ridiculous pose to begin with, but we kind of gender swapped it. <laughs> so instead of Kira Knightley and Scarlett Johansson kind of like naked and then the man in a full suit, like Anna Akana is wearing a blazer. And the, the Sudarasa brothers aren't naked, sorry folks, but like they're shirtless <laughs> and <laughs> posing in, a, in this exact same way. So I was there, you know, just making sure it meshed. It was a very technical skill I was providing. I was like, Peter, like, a little bit too low, you know? It's
0: so, like, it's, it's, you see the ridiculousness of the shot, and it's you see really, very been, seriously, like, pointing yeah, at the monitor. Is, <laughs>
3: um, but, for example, Chris's photo, like, he's, you know, he's doing, he's, he did a Bond photo shoot, and it's it's pretty hot in its own way, right? I don't didn't
1: even like, know if my one fit. Like, because no, I was all, overseas. And so uh, I didn't I didn't even know if I'd be back, right? And we were talking yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So I organized uh one of my friends to take the photos and that went like the day after I landed, just last Friday. And oh. and so uh yeah, I was I had no idea if if it was what oh, she no, wanted. Oh, that was
3: great! It's it's pretty hot.
1: <laughs> it's like it's like all these <laughs> shirtless people. <laughs> yeah no, but here's it's just the a thing: a lot of the that receive shirtless photos. <laughs> you from know, all, that's
3: the thing. That's guys. kind of <laughs> the misconception about the calendar, and I think we get some flack for this. But I mean, whatever. There's good and bad. But um, if you look at the calendars, maybe only like a third, like a third of them are shirtless. Mm-hmm. Everyone else. There, I mean we had like Jose Antonio Vargas on the last one. we had a Pulitzer prize winner <laughs> on the last calendar. That's what, um, that's hot. I don't know yeah, but I'd love that hot because too, right? that's Oh we had like Sean Meyer on the last calendar yeah. who you know does all this work with Tuesday night Cafe like and like, who's to say? I don't know. It's like a weird thing because sometimes people are like, "Why are you only showcasing the hot folks?" And I don't really know what to say to that because I feel like they're all hot. I really do believe that. I I'm not just saying that. Like, it's sort of like you let look them at all hate. At least I mean, they're, they're talking, talking about from it. Bullets. Let's see if yeah, that publicity. You look, Anything yeah, is publicity. you look at all the talent in the community. And like, like I said before, like um, the idea that you, it's hard to fill up a calendar with hot Asian American men is so wrong. It's you know that's there's a lie. So many people. Working in the industry now, that really should get more exposure and should get more roles, because and that's part of it too, where it's sort of like, hey, like some of these folks you already know, but some of these folks you should know because like they're very talented, and we don't pick them specifically because they look how they do. Although a lot of them look very nice, <laughs> but like like all of them are kind of people doing stuff in the media that is very meaningful. Like whether it's yeah. you know some you know we've had like celebrity chefs, we've had like. You know, yes. stunt people. We have like Ilham Choi, who's been done like <laughs> the stunts for every single like blockbuster out there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's so w- crazy that people don't know that he's <laughs> not like a household name. You know what I mean?
0: And what I love yeah. about your calendar, especially, is like yeah. it, you, you're introduced to people that, like, because there's the same like 10 people that are on every single listicle out there whenever hot guy, hot Asian guys are, yeah, are being brought yeah. out. It's like your Danu Henny's, your Danny Day Kim's. It's like the, the, readily accessible guys that lead to that perception that's the that thing. Like not enough yeah right? like so
3: um it's like you know it's like john Cho, john Cho, daniel Henney, daniel they came and they're great but it's sort of like this idea that you know if you make a listicle that's all there is it's you know it's like such there's it's such a misconception yeah. i think it leads to people thinking like oh if i how can i cast a Japanese American or an Asian American actor in Hellboy. There's like no stars. That's what leads to that misconception, right?
2: Where, that's why we got to tell sort of them. Like, we got we have yeah. to tell them. Th- th- here you don't know. Here they are. And, and also, I don't want to make it, it seem a- like
3: too important because it's 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 a hot, It's a silly calendar, but it's really <laughs> but fun. You know, it's really fun. And I but think it makes genuine. people laugh.
0: I, I love whenever like Ada's like because Ada's such a good brainstormer. Like she has such great ideas. I, I love it whenever it comes to fruition. I remember when when this was just like a random thing at your like the magazine you worked at. Right? That's the
3: thing. Like this is not. I mean, I joked about my fake bio in the beginning, but this was not like a planned thing where I said like what I would like to do in life is to like make. Aha, Asian man calendar. But, but here, but like, honestly, like, it, we kickstarted it because we thought it would be funny, but what surprised us was how much people got excited about it, and I think that speaks to, um, one, how much of a lack of these images there are, and how much people want it, and that's exciting to me, because honestly, like, so it started as an Asian uh, series in an Asian American women's magazine, so I wasn't thinking that big. I was thinking we were just, like, talking to other Asian American women and just <laughs> kind of, like, joking, like, here's this photo of Godfrey Gao. I'm going to make him exchange poetry about with me about his hotness. Like, that's <laughs> so hilarious. But, like, um, the people that end up buying the calendar and maybe they're giving it to their Asian American friends. I don't know. But, like, it's actually pretty diverse. And the people who are tweeting at us, it's pretty diverse. It's not just, like, a Asian American thing. I think it's it speaks to the climate. Like, how people are, you know, really hungry for these kind of images, you know? Like, people want to see this thing. This is not, like... This is not. I have any of our full time jobs to make the <laughs> calendar, so we would only do it if it seems like like people want it. People want to see these images, and I think hopefully it's part of this audience that's being built that is yeah. going to start demanding these projects these real Hollywood projects starring these men. You and know?
0: now that you have these names are out in the open, now people can point to them, and say, why not him? Why yeah, not them? I mean.
3: There's actually a reward on the Kickstarter that kickstarted that we've had every year that's pretty popular. Where it's like you can, um, one of the rewards is that you can get a calendar, and we'll send a calendar to a casting agency with <laughs> <laughs> a note telling them, like, please cast more men in your projects. And we do that. I don't. I mean, that's the thing. I don't know what it comes to, and it might just be something funny to entertain people on social media. Yeah. But we've done stuff like, like when Steve Harvey got in trouble that time where he he like said that he made a joke about how Asian men are like undateable like we sent him a calendar (laughs) with with a note you know and I think people were kind of entertained by that um so it's unfortunate that it's a thing because, I mean, as someone who's been covering Asian-American entertainment and is Asian-American and, you know, grew up in California around a lot of Asian-Americans, it seems very obvious. <laughs> you know what I mean? It seems like it's not something that needs to be said. But, some, you know, every so often you still get these, you know, yeah. like Hellboys casting, you know, yeah. a white guy in a Japanese-American role and you're like, oh, well, we still we still need more <laughs> images. Oh, but the fun thing about the calendar this time around One is called Haikus for Hotties because the fans can write the haikus for the hotties. So that's been really fun. Um, And the other part is that um, we have a really great designer named Amanda Louie, and she's mocking up all the photos to look like um, magazine covers. So this idea that, you know, sometimes Asian-American, even like the John Cho's and the and sorry, you know, and the Stevie, it's like, they're not on the cover of the magazine very often. And I think coming from working for (laughs) Asian-American Um, magazines like that was one of the fun parts like putting Asian American women you know the Lucy Lewis of the world on the magazine yeah. so like all of you know Chris Chris's photos are going to be they're going to look like magazine covers and that's partially I'm hoping that'll be part of the fun of it too that these photos will be out there and without context people will actually think that all of them are on magazine yeah. <laughs> on the cover of magazines Well
1: Stephen Yuen got a magazine
3: yeah. last year right that was yeah. huge
1: that was a huge deal
3: yeah but think it about like it first... it took I think I read a interview he gave where it's like he didn't get that until his character died which i don't think is a spoiler alert (laughs) Uh, at this point right but like think about it how how like how successful and how liked his character was for so many years before they put him on a magazine cover it's Mm, like ridiculous
0: well the calendar is haikus for hotties 2018 chris pang is on how
1: do you feel being a part of the haikus for hotties world now how
3: do you feel about your hotness
1: (laughs) uh I mean, I'm honored to be a part of it. Um, I, like I said, I don't know if uh, my photo shoot will fit because <laughs> I just went and took some photos uh, as James Bond, <laughs> no, that's perfect, which I thought right? it was fun. That's, it's yeah. perfect. But uh, but yeah, I'm I feel honored. So thank you, thank you for including me. Awesome. Well, looking forward to
0: it. Um, as of this, as of this release, there's still a couple of days left on the Kickstarter um, so if you want your own copy p- and pre-order uh, check it out now um, just search Haikus Haikus on Hotties What's the Haikus website?
3: with hotties, so.
0: just search just search Haikus with dot com and that'll do it thanks again to our guests Ada and Chris for joining us in the collab cast um, thanks so much for having if people us.
1: want to find um, your thoughts where can they go what are your, your handles uh, I'm Pangers so it's P-A-N-G-E-E-R-Z on Instagram awesome
3: Yep. I, um, I'm. It's just my name, Ada Singh, A D A T S E N G. Or you can um, follow Haikus Hotties. <laughs> I think it's Haikus with Hotties on Instagram and Haikus Hotties on Twitter. Yep. Um, that's actually a fun part too because we just we just end up retweeting all the hotties stuff. <laughs> so nice. if you follow that, like all the guys that were on the calendar prior, we update you on what they're doing.
0: <laughs> Check that out. As always, you can reach the collabcast by emailing us at podcast at collaboration.org. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, uh, Google Play Music, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcast, and I'll leave us a nice rating and review on, on iTunes. Uh, special thanks to Collaboration Star finalist Uzuhan for use of the song Mumbings and Tofu for this week's um, intro and outro and um looking forward to seeing you back in town Minji uh, maybe next week we'll have you in the studio again
2: of course thanks <laughs> uh, guys so much
0: for being with us everyone. thank you all right thanks guys take care see you guys next week y'all just mad stay cozy with that mung beans and tofu mamas <laughs> whipping up that tofu mung beans and tofu mamas whipping up that soul mung beans and tofu whipping up that Stop till she
2: I'm so bored
0: Oh, my, I'm hungry i I'm Hey